Welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast, Season 2, Episode 17 on the Book of Daniel, The Accusation and the Sentence. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the Gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. Today, in this 17th episode in the Book of Daniel, Chapter 6, those officials who plotted against Daniel now spied on Daniel's every move, looking through the windows and doors to find Daniel praying openly to his God, therefore giving them a chance to accuse and execute the edicts against Daniel. All right, we will pick up here in Daniel chapter 6, starting in verse 10. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in its upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel petitioning and imploring his God. So they approached the king and asked about his edict. Didn't you sign an edict that for 30 days, any person who petitions any God or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, As a law of the Medes and Persians, the order stands and is irrevocable. Then they replied to the king, Daniel, one of the Judean exiles, has ignored you, the king, and the edict you signed, for he prays three times a day. And as soon as the king heard this, he was very displeased. He set his mind on rescuing Daniel and made every effort until sundown to deliver him. Then these men went together to the king and said to him, You know, your majesty, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no edict or ordinance the king establishes can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you continually serve, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles, so that nothing in regard to Daniel, could be changed. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he reached the den, he cried out in anguish to Daniel. Daniel, servant of the living God, the king said, Has your God, whom you continually serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke with the king, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they haven't harmed me, for I was found innocent before him and also before you, your majesty. I have not done harm. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den. When Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed, for he trusted in his God. The king then gave the command, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the lion's den, they, their children, and their wives. They had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to those of every people, nation, and language who live on the whole earth, May your prosperity abound. I issue a decree that in all my royal dominion people must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his dominion has no end. He rescues and delivers. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth, for he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. 
All right, back to verse 10 that we looked at in the last episode. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in his upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem. And three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel petitioning and imploring his God. Well, that didn't take long for the officials to find a charge against Daniel. Daniel was not the least worried about this edict. It was more important to pray and worship God than this request of any man. A note from the New English Translation Bible, the NET, says this is apparently the only specific mention in the Old Testament of prayer being regularly offered three times a day. The practice was probably not unique to Daniel. Daniel had the windows open, and we see Daniel giving thanks to God and petitioning and imploring God perhaps to deliver him from this trumped-up edict. How was God going to use this edict that was created just to fault him? Perhaps Daniel, at 80 years old, felt much as Paul did at the end of his life, willing to stay on earth as it was God's will, but anxious to be with God and away from the troubles praying for God to intervene and get the glory. Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me, and I don't know which one I should choose. I am torn between the two. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that because of my coming to you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus may abound. Verse 12, so they approached the king and asked about his edict. Didn't you sign an edict that for 30 days any person who petitions any god or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, As a law of the Medes and Persians, the order stands and is irrevocable. Now they had the evidence that the law was broken by Daniel in front of all these witnesses. Now the conspirators approached the king. Hey, king, did you not sign an edict? <laughs> this was such a devious and clever setup. By reminding the king of the edict, then getting a confirmation from the king that this law was indeed in place and nothing could break it, the order stands. Verse 13, Then replied to the king, Daniel, one of the Judean exiles, has ignored you, the king, and the edict you signed, for he prays three times a day. Okay, king, this Daniel, whom you like, is not one of us. He was one of these Judean exiles. And he ignores the king's edict that cannot be broken, and here's the kicker. He prays three times a day. He's not one of us. He ignores the laws, saying in effect that he ignores you, king. Verse 14. As soon as the king heard this, he was very displeased. He set his mind on rescuing Daniel and made every effort until sundown to deliver him. Now the real meaning of the law that he was asked to develop became apparent. This was not a law to honor the king, but some devious way to eliminate a rival. I'm sure Darius was not concerned that Daniel prayed to his God three times a day, 
but the fact that he had been manipulated and used by these officials. Daniel was clearly well-liked by the king, and this was a contributor to his immense displeasure and what had transpired. If this had happened at midday, this left only the remainder of the day to find some way to protect Daniel. However, he was in a dilemma. He could not change a law, or this would weaken his rule over the kingdom. But he could not find a method for Daniel to avoid the lion's den. He could not find a method to avoid the death penalty. Verse 15. Then these men went together to the king and said to him, You know, your majesty, that this is a law of the Medes and Persians, and no edict or ordinance the king establishes can be changed. I am sure the king very much now appreciated the reminder <laughs> of the rules of the monarch that this had to be created it could not be broken they were clamoring for Daniel's execution verse 16 so the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den the king said to Daniel may your God whom you continually serve rescue you after all attempts to rescue Daniel were exhausted the only choice was to carry out the execution from the net Bible notes again, the den was perhaps a pit below ground level, which could be safely observed from above. So he was let down, Daniel was let down into the pit, and the lions were released if they had not been so far, and the entry was sealed. Out of concern, the king wished Daniel a blessing that his God, whom he faithfully served, would perhaps save him. This was nothing more than a hope on the unbelieving king's part, but he at least felt it was possible that Daniel's God could save him. Daniel's life of faith was making an impact on yet another empire. So the question is, how does your lifestyle speak to others about a faith well served out? Verse 18, Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and he could not sleep. The king's concern for his chief advisor was real and was hard felt. A stone was placed over the entrance and sealed by the king and his nobles, and that seal could not be broken. No one would attempt to rescue Daniel, even if tempted, because of these seals. There was no escaping Daniel's fate before the lions. What is fascinating is that the king fasted and prayed for Daniel all night. Was he praying to Yahweh, Daniel's God? He was inconsolable as no diversions were brought to him and sleep left him. Verse 19, At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he reached the den, he cried out in anguish to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, the king said, Has your God, whom you continually serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? There was a Babylonian custom that was likely adopted by the Persians that if a victim survived torture and not died the following day, then they were pardoned. <laughs> what a nice thing. Well, perhaps this drove the king to ask out loud early in the morning if Daniel had survived from being torn apart by the lions. The anguish in his voice betrayed his confidence that it was not strong in Daniel's God and his ability to rescue him. Then Daniel, verse 21, Then Daniel spoke with the king, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth, and they haven't harmed me, 
for I was found innocent before him and also before you, your majesty, have done, have not done harm. Can you imagine the reaction of the king when they heard Daniel's voice reply back and then exclaim that God had protected him all night? Daniel was innocent before God and the king. There was no harm in Daniel praying to Yahweh. God just didn't close the mouths and stop the claws of these lions. He also sent his angel. What does that mean? Was this angel the angel of the Lord we find throughout the Old Testament? Perhaps a pre-incarnate Christ himself comforting the old prophet and being the very same fourth person in the furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? The same creator of the universe, the deliverer of mankind, comforting and protecting Daniel just as he had his three friends? a visible angel ministering to his faithful servant. No line was about to go against the angel of the Lord. Verse 23, The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den. When Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed, for he trusted in his God. The king was thrilled to have his advisor back unharmed, saved by his God, Yahweh. He was well as he trusted in God to keep him well. Verse 24. The king then gave the command, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the lion's den, they, their children, and their wives. They had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Stephen R. Miller writes, Daniel's integrity had been vindicated by God himself. And the king's response? Go get those who are accusing Daniel, who engineered this whole affair, them, their families, and throw them into the lion's den. Again, Stephen Miller writes, Although cruel, executing wives and children with the guilty man was a practice according to Persian custom. The Persians were beyond cruel with their enemies. This was probably in place to remove any further retaliation from family members. We're assuming that this was a small contingent of conspirators. The lions were not old, they were not fat, they were not, they were not, uh, well, they were hungry, as we see. And the officials did not even make it to the floor of the den before being attacked and torn apart. Again, cruel, but customary of the Persian Empire. Daniel's delivery from God was miraculous. Now, how does that king respond to this event? Verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to those of every people, nation, and language who live on the whole earth, May your prosperity abound. I issue a decree that in all my royal dominion, people must tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his dominion has no end. He rescues and delivers. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. For he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. This was a public decree about the sovereignty of the God of Daniel. Yahweh is great and worthy to be worshipped because he is living. He's eternal. He rescues, delivers, performs signs and wonders, and rescued Daniel. This is not God showing off by some miracle. But these miracles were a demonstration to the world that he alone is the true God. Daniel continued to prosper under the Persian Empire. 
This last passage may also indicate once again that Darius the Mede and Cyrus the Persian were possibly one and the same person. Again, I hope you enjoyed this Season 2 study in the book of Daniel. Next episode 18 in chapter 7. Well, we're finally to chapter 7. We'll begin to look at some of the most amazing prophecies that were given to Daniel and their incredible accuracy and what is yet to come. This, chapter 7, is the single most important chapter in the book of Daniel. God bless you today and I encourage you to spend some time in God's Word. Please note that Biblical Tapestry has a Facebook and Instagram page, and I encourage you to like and share this podcast if you feel this is deserved. God bless, and take care.